Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6-18, through 18, called, Brethren, Do Not Grow Weary of Doing Good. When he was in Thessalonica, two times the Philippian church sent him a gift, Philippians 4.16. So it wasn't that Paul wasn't receiving some support, but part of his motivation here was to be an example, to work hard. Because the culture at that time was very suspicious of the Christian church. Rumors were flying about things that Christians did behind closed doors. They were wrong, but they were rumors nonetheless. There was distrust and disinformation about believers. And Paul wanted to make sure that he separated himself from every so-called traveling philosopher who charged money when they preached. And so Paul had the right for support because those who share the gospel should make their living by the gospel. Nothing wrong with that. But Paul knew that there was something higher in towns like Thessalonica and Corinth where there was suspicion. So he decided not to take support from those people. And to actually work hard at his trade, which he was a tent maker. And so he taught the word of God and he worked. And there are many bivocational ministers throughout the country. Do you know that the average church in America is less than 100 people? I think it's about 80 people, the average congregation. If you live in a city like this, you are not going to make it with a congregation of 80 people. You probably can't even pay a senior pastor to support his family. So there are many bivocational pastors who work a job and, you know, uh, teach and support the congregation. The Didache, an ancient uh, church manual about the turn of the century, say, say about 100, 100, 115 AD, somewhere in there, instructs Christians on how to deal with people who show up as visitors. Listen to this. If he who comes as a traveler comes, help him as much as you can. But he shall not stay with you more than two days or, if necessary, three. If he wishes to settle down with you and has a craft, let him work for his bread. But if he has no craft, make such provision for him as your intelligence approves, so that no one shall live with idleness as a Christian. If he refuses to do so, he is making merchandise of Christ. Beware of such people, close quote. That's an early church manual that says, People should not stay at your house more than two days. If you want a copy of that for Thanksgiving, I will happily copy it for you because some of you have family members that, you know, eat your favorite part of the turkey. And, but you know, they can't come over this year anyway, right? So, so you have an excuse if you need it. Or some of you are getting creative and saying it's a funeral service for Tom the turkey. I, I get that as well. So whatever you got to do anyway. <laughs> for we hear... Present tense, we keep on hearing that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. We hear that some people are running around, not doing anything. And the command in verse 10, for even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. We commanded you, same Greek word. If anyone will not work, neither let him eat. Now, some of you should put that on your refrigerator if you have children. Uh, you have this chore list. This should be your verse right here. Did you make your bed? No, no cookie for you. 
Our kids need to get a little stronger, a little soft. Don't you think? Anyway. <laughs> That's 2 Thessalonians 3.10. The advice is free. Okay? If you want to drop a little extra in the offering. <laughs> no, anyway. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, listen to this. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. My goodness. That's a Bible verse. I know it's not a comfortable one. But if someone is in a pattern where all they do is sit around and expect other people to take care of them when they're able-bodied, there's something wrong. And we're not to feed that. This is where it would be good if our country got back to the word of God, don't you think? Now, such persons we command, what do, what do we do? Well, Paul says we're commanding these people. First, he addressed the people about how to deal with them, the believers there. Now, he addresses the folks that are the slack ones. Now, such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work in a quiet fashion and eat their own bread. These people were commanding, be quiet and get to work. <laughs> You didn't know all this was in the Bible. Isn't this wonderful? Anyone who fits this description in a fellowship is commanded to get back in line. And as one scholar puts it, stop fussing, stop idling, and stop sponging. Just cut it out. But as for you, brethren, back to the church now, don't grow weary of doing good. NIV says, as for you, brothers, Never tire of doing what is right. In due season, we will reap if we don't grow weary, we're told in Galatians. Are you tired? I tell you, this is, this is a weary world. And I'll tell you, 2020, like no other year I can remember, I look around at a weary world. I know there's confusion. And, you know, there's, you hear 17 different sides of a story. What are you to believe? And what are you to do? It's where we need wisdom. We need the word of God. We need discernment. But don't give up, brethren. Never tire of doing what is right. Don't give up doing what is good I know it gets tiring and I know we get taxed. And, you know, Paul said, I will even be poured out for you. If that's what has to happen, I will pour out my life for you because our lives are not about us. And this does not mean, by the way, that we don't rest. We have to practice the concept of Shabbat or Sabbath. We need days of rest. We need to get away from it. Don't get me wrong here. But I'll tell you what, once we get revitalized and the, the batteries get re-energized, we got to get back in the game. And, the, you know, Jesus often slipped away to pray. And he said to the disciples, let's go over here off by ourselves for a while. There were constant demands. And he knows what it's like to have a demanding schedule. And so you can go to your high priest, Hebrews 4, and say, Lord, I'm overwhelmed. I'm very honest with my Lord. I'm overwhelmed. I, I don't have the resources to meet one more need, Lord. So you're going to have to meet it through me. Johnny Erickson 
Tata often says, Lord, I don't have a smile for anybody today, so give me your smile. See, weariness forces me to the foot of the cross or more specifically to the heart of my high priest. And he promises to give help in time of need. And so you can say, Lord, I'm tired. Would you help me? And inevitably what happens is the Lord provides an encouraging word from a friend, a a Bible verse, a, a word in a sermon. You turn to a radio pastor and just the right word at the right moment comes. And if anyone doesn't obey this instruction, 14, in this letter, take special note of that person. We have name tags for them that we'll be handing out at the end of the service. No. And do not associate with him so that he will be put to shame. So the original Greek, this means you have to stay six feet away from him. So just write that down. It's a six foot. That's a joke. Don't don't write that down. Now, the idea of not associating is intimate fellowship. The the Greek word actually means to mix together. So let me just maybe give a practical word to a tough concept. You can't go on like nothing is wrong when something is wrong. I know some of you are really good at sweeping things under the rug, right? Let's just go on. We're not going to talk not going to talk about it. And sticking out of somebody's forehead, you know. We're not going to talk about that thing that's sticking out of your forehead right now. No, we'll pretend like it's not there. Brian Regan, the comedian, tells the story of an office environment where one employee has a uh, hair sticking straight out from the middle of, of just above his nose, uh, an eyebrow hair. And the talk around the office is, has anybody told him yet? Has anybody told him yet? No, I didn't tell him. Did you tell him? No, I didn't tell him. How does he not see it? I don't know. It must be the direction that he looks in the mirror. It must just be that it's hitting straight on and he doesn't see it to pluck the hair out. (laughs) You can laugh. It's okay. Why do we do that? Because we're not comfortable with telling somebody that they got a two-foot hair coming out of the middle of their forehead. But if if you had a two-foot hair coming out of the middle of your forehead and it grew overnight, would you appreciate somebody telling you? Hey, dude, (laughs) sorry to break this to you, man, but there's a two-foot hair coming straight out. I think planes are planning on landing on it in the near future. (laughs) You might want to pluck it. And it's over with. It's a moment of, of uncomfortableness for a lifetime of bliss. Otherwise, you'll have to keep the six-foot distance in perpetuity. That means forever. But, uh. Brethren, <laughs> I urge you, Romans 16, 17 through 19, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. For such men are slaves, not of our Lord Jesus Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore, I am rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil, Romans 16, 17 through 19. If we just pass these people along to the next unsuspecting victim, 
then we've done the body of Christ no good. Or we've done family members no good. Now I know it's hard, but this is where we need God's grace to speak the truth in love. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I can be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer and pray for them too. I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012 thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see walking truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. And thank you. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Sorry to break this to you, man, but there's a two-foot hair coming straight out. I think planes are planning on landing on it in the near future. (laughs) You might want to pluck it. And it's over with. It's a moment of uncomfortableness for a lifetime of bliss. Otherwise, you'll have to keep the six-foot distance in perpetuity. That means forever. Brethren, I urge you, Romans 16, 17 through 19, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. For such men are slaves, not of our Lord Jesus Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience has reached to all. 
Therefore, I'm rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil, Romans 16, 17 through 19. If we just pass these people along to the next unsuspecting victim, then we've done the body of Christ no good. We've done family members no good. Now, I know it's hard, but this is where we need God's grace to speak the truth in love. And if, if we're talking down to people, we don't have God's heart. Because the thing can grow on your forehead. You, you might be surprised, but it could happen to you. The point is this, that the way we come toward people, we don't know everything. So we shouldn't make assumptions, but we can at least try to find out. We don't regard this person as an enemy, 16 or 15, but we admonish him as a brother. We say to the person, brother, man, this is not what the Lord has for you. And we, the word admonishes, we encourage strongly for a turnaround. A lot of you know wayward people. They made a profession of faith and they're, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. And this is where we try to go to them in love. And of course, it's a two-way street. They have to receive it. Now, I know you need some encouragement, so it ends on a beautiful note here. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace. This is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew shalom. May you be well. May you experience God's peace. May the Lord of peace. Notice, he's the God of peace. He's the Lord of peace. Jesus is our peace. May he himself continually grant you peace. May the God who is peace give you peace in every circumstance, whether you got to do something hard this week or whether things are relatively good. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand, and this is a distinguishing mark, kind of the idea that Paul would sign the end of the letter or write a few sentences at the end. He would use something like a secretary for his letters. Uh, so he would dictate the bulk of a letter, and then he would pick up the pen to make sure there was a distinguishing mark. This is very common in the ancient world. It's a, called an amunensis, I think is the way you... But it's a secretary. And you would dictate the letter... And then you'd pick it up as if to sign it with your autograph so that people knew it was authentic. That's how this works. So he says, this is the mark so you would know the authenticity of letters that I actually write. This is the way I write. And then it ends, the grace of, the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Father, thank you for these two wonderful letters. First and second Thessalonians have been a blessing to us as a fellowship. Challenging, no doubt relevant as the whole Bible is, uh, challenging in the, in the sense of needing wisdom on how to execute these things, Lord, but always knowing that you guide us to do everything we do in love and to do it for your honor and to make sure we examine our hearts before we do anything. But ultimately, Lord, I, we know that our example is critical. In fact, the power of an example cannot be uh, overstated. It, it, it's, it's really what makes the difference, and it's, it's often what undermines the Christian church is a poor example, a waffling example, a hypocritical example. It's, it's stumbled many a people. And while we know that the, the household of God is filled with people in process, we don't use grace as an excuse 
to be in rebellion to our Lord. And so this is a good time for us to just do some personal inventory, Lord. At the end of a tough year, I pray that this year has driven us to you. There are many who are weary, but we're gonna turn our hearts this Christmas season, starting next Sunday, as we look to Advent, and we're gonna focus on words that say a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And when the time was just right, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. He came to the weary, broken world just at the right time. And Lord, perhaps that's going to happen again. Perhaps the second coming is going to be very much like that. You alone know every detail. But until that day comes, we live in anticipation of the second advent and we live looking and celebrating back on the first advent. We live, as many say, between the times. But nonetheless, we live in a season of grace. And your church has been able to do so much good in this world. And I pray, Lord, if revival and a great awakening is on the horizon, that it would start with us. It would start with me and my house serving the Lord. Keep your heart bowed just for a moment. And if you've not asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, this would be a wonderful time to make him Lord of your life. Tell him about your intention to follow him. You don't have to have a perfect prayer, but it needs to include that you believe the gospel, that you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead and lived and died in the very history in which we live. Trust him as your Lord and Savior. Tell him that you're sorry for your sin and that you want to follow him. If you're a prodigal and you've been away, maybe some of this has been you, that your life's been chaotic and you want to get it back in order, that's easily done. And there are many who would help you with that. And Father, for this wonderful congregation, fighting the good fight of faith, battling, I pray that you'll help them to have strength, a fresh breath of the Spirit, refreshing waters from the Holy Spirit to fill up and strengthen your people just for today, because we can't worry about tomorrow. But how about just for today, that you fill everybody afresh with the strength that God provides, that we'd mount up with wings like eagles, that we'd run and not get tired, walk and not be weary. Our hope is in you. In Christ's name we pray. You've been listening to Brethren, Do Not Grow Weary of Doing Good, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 18. And the conclusion of Pastor Michael's series in 1 and 2 Thessalonians called Our Crown at His Coming. And remember, if you missed any message of this series, Walk in Truth is on just about every podcast app imaginable for free. So listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, I am always excited to close the last page of a book and open a new study. But I'll tell you, First and Second Thessalonians has been a rich study for us as a church fellowship, as Living Truth and Corona, but also, I think, for our listening family. It's, it's been an amazing couple of books, two short letters. Our Crown at His Coming was the overall series. And I'll tell you... Um, 
what a blessing the Word of God is, what a challenge it is, what a comfort it is. It does so much in our lives, and I'm excited to tell you that we're moving on to the book of Psalms, Medicine for the Soul. (laughs) You know, man, we need some good spiritual medicine right now, don't we? And I can't think of a better place to go than what's called the Psalter, which is the book of Psalms. By the way, there's 150 Psalms, half of them written by King David. And I'm going to give you some detail about the whole book of Psalms in our opening study tomorrow here on Walk in Truth as we do a message called How Blessed. And we're going to be focusing on finding hope in the book of Psalms, medicine for the soul. Would you be praying over that upcoming series? And would you tell a friend about what you're hearing? And would you do me a favor, pray for us, pray that the Lord will bless Walk in Truth and partner with us if you can. You can find out all that you'd want to know at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'll see you right here tomorrow as we open up in the book of Psalms. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your tax-deductible donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too. $10 a month is greatly needed, so visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for a new teaching series by Pastor Michael in the book of Psalms called Medicine for the Soul. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.